Welcome to the Retail Ramble podcast, brought to you by Essential Retail, the independent voice in retail technology. If growing an e-commerce business is your focus, you need a platform that's focused on growth. Meet Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're starting out or running a well-known brand, you'll get everything you need to send memorable emails and much more. Clavio is trusted by more than 50,000 e-commerce businesses like Living Proof, T-Pigs, Skinny Dip London and Heist. Try Clavio for free at clavio.com forward slash ramble. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash ramble. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Retail Ramble podcast. I'm Caroline Baldwin. I'm your host and I'm also the editor of Essential Retail. Today, we're going to be talking to Samsung's UK and Ireland online director, Nick White. We're going to talk a little bit about Samsung's stores and online and how the whole proposition has had to adapt to COVID and maybe change a little bit and some of the technologies that they've been using to really um, help their customers find the products that they need. Um, Nick, welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm very well, Caroline. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Another remotely recorded episode. Um, I know things are starting to starting to get back to normal and then other restrictions come in and everything. So we're still stuck um recording on Teams for the for the minute. But no, it seems to be seems to be working out okay. Um how where where in the where in the world are you, first of all? I live in uh, in Berkshire in a place called Barkham, which is between Reading and Workingham. That so uh, yeah, like, I've, uh, like you spent six well. months staring at uh, Teams and uh, various uh, conference calls. So yeah, I'm well used to it now. Back into the office at all yet, or are you still working from home yeah. predominantly? Uh, predominantly, I mean, I generally go in um, one or two days a week just to catch mm-hmm. up with people. And um, but you know, it's obviously a skeletal uh, yes. start at the moment. So yeah, not too and, much. And what was that like going back to the office? <laughs> Well, um, I think the first time I forgot my mask, so that didn't go too well. But no, we walk in and have a um, have a temperature check, and then uh, put, you know keep the mask on, and um, it's all very kind of probably like every office now. It's very clear about where you can and where you can't go, and how many people are in the toilets and the canteen. So it's um, yeah, it's it's unusual, but you know that's where we're at. So it's important to have um, contact with the team and my colleagues. So um, yeah, try and try and do it as much as I can. Oh, glad to think here that things are getting back to as normal as they can do in this, uh, I say this yeah. with inverted commas, air quotes, a uh, new normal that we're going forward to. And of course, it's been um, a very interesting period, I'm sure, for your business, but all the, also the customers that are buying all of your products as well. Do you want to first, before we get into the nitty gritty, explain to our listeners what it is that you do? Sure, of course, yeah. So my remit, as as you said, is online director of UK and Ireland. Um, I'd say there's uh, four core functions to my team. So, firstly, I run um, our direct business. So um, D to C is is the new one of the new jargons that have come out in the next last six to nine months. Um, secondly, my team look after Samsung.com. Um, so obviously that's a key part of the customer journey when consumers are in research phase and, and purchase and post-purchase. So we look after all the publishing, the content and the user journey on there. Um, and then we look after um, all the kind of uh, all the elements of e-commerce that you don't see online. So making sure that the delivery proposition is good and all the customer service is good. And then finally, we provide support to our divisions to make sure that um, 
I guess our product experience and all our channel partner websites is as good as possible. So it could be digital content. It could be looking at analytics and seeing how we can improve the user journey. It could be performance marketing. It's it's kind of a consultancy um, function for our division. So there's, yeah, there's four core areas to my team. So which one of these remits has been the one that's changed the most? And maybe give us a little bit of an explainer about what's what's changed mo- um, going forward, What when it happened, what what part of COVID impacted that area of your business? I mean, to be honest, it's all changed. You, you won't be surprised to hear given um, the world we've been in. I think I think from a overall strategic perspective, I mean, you've seen in the market, a lot of manufacturers are, are going direct to consumer. So that's something that we are keen to do as well. Obviously, our role is to kind of more the added value rather than destroy price in the market. That's not that's not our role, but we have a lot of visitors to our website and it makes sense to provide them with an opportunity to buy. So I think that's been a big change. I'd say that was before COVID and, and, and it's accelerated post, as you can imagine, I'm sure we'll talk about. Our channel partners, you've had, they've had their retail stores closed and I guess they've had some challenges in our call centers. So we've we've had to pivot our business online very quickly. So the team have been uh, trying their best to to work with our with our partners to support them in that change in customer behavior. I see. Let's just pick apart D2C for one minute and then we'll go on to the stores. As you said, that that's a huge trend that we've been writing about for a good good couple of years now. And why do you think COVID has accelerated that trend? Because COVID has accelerated quite a few trends that we've been seeing in retail, but why specifically D2C? Well, I mean, I think there's more people online. So if I look at the traffic to our website, it's up really, really significantly across most of our product areas since March. I mean, it was growing strongly anyway. And therefore, I think people are just shopping more online because there's there's not, I mean, I know there's open now, but there weren't, there weren't retail stores to go and have a look at a lot of our products. So we know from our research that our website is high up in the customer research journey. So there's a natural place for it. And then that, that's just exacerbated by the fact that the stores are closed. That's a key reason from a consumer behavior. And, and we've obviously tried to improve our proposition, which I'm sure we'll talk about to make it more compelling. So I think it's probably, those are, I'd say those are the two main reasons. I see. And so you're seeing people come to your website to see maybe what handset they want to buy, and then they would potentially go to your store or a partner store. Um, is that the maybe explain a little bit more about the typical consumer journey, and then we can uh, yeah. what you've been doing there. I think it's pre and post COVID. So beforehand, I mean, online is is still not not wasn't the biggest channel uh, from a purchase perspective. So the typical journey, I'd say, if you take a TV product, people people would probably visit Google. They may go and check one of our retailers for pricing, and then they would come to our website to understand you know about the product and and try and find the right product from them and then they would probably go on a price comparison site and then go and purchase in wherever they found it most relevant so that that would be a typical user journey for probably our domestic appliances so fridges and freezers and, and TVs um, mobile obviously it's a more simple customer journey because you either predominantly are either an Android customer or a iOS customer so people are generally quite clear what they want so it's probably a, a left there's less steps in the journey but they would still come to look at our website and we've got a whole range of products they would try and figure out what's the right one for them and then if they're on a contract they might want to go to an operator or if they want to buy device only they would you know they might want to retail or, or buy directly from us and now has that completely changed or is it just a little bit different how what some of the principles that you're doing in order to encourage customers to carry on buying from you i spent a long time working in retail e-commerce um and what you know the key is to get the fundamentals right so what we've tried to do is to i mean if i just kind of run through the customer journey we need to make sure we're we're price competitive because you know generally we all know how transparent pricing is in online so we've got to be within within the realms of the key players we've introduced so we try and make great content so obviously if you want to spend five thousand pounds on a tv having a static image of a tv a qled tv is not really going to help consumers so we've tried to really enhance the quality of the content 
And then we've we've launched our uh, video chat service with Go Store, which I think has been, re- we'll talk about more detail, Callum, but it's been really helpful because uh, they're quite complex products. People generally know what space they've got on a wall, but they don't necessarily know what's the right one for them. So I think it's been really helpful. And then we offer free next day delivery on all our products, which... I think probably I don't know if you've got kids, but if you're if you're at home and you you know you, you need a tablet when it all started, you need you know, people kind of buying tablets for their kids and they were buying you know kind of fitness items for staying at home. So a lot of the products we were selling and what we want to try and do is make it as as quick as and easy as possible. And I think you know I shop online a lot and actually what I've seen in the market is a worsening of the proposition. So a lot of the oh. brands I shop in now say you know three, five, seven, fourteen day delivery and we still offer free next day. So that's been really really good um, and we're keen to you know keep investing in that particularly things like white goods, which are a, you know, a distressed purchase. If somebody's freezer breaks, they want it tomorrow. So, you know, that. So I think it's getting a lot of the fundamentals in place. And then we've tried to elevate the experience through, um, you know, through the video chat, through the content. We do same day delivery in, in London for a lot of our products. So there's a, num- a number of things that are uh, kind of we're working on. And I'm guessing when you were saying about other areas where product uh, that's worse than that proposition, do you think that's because you guys are the brand and you have complete visibility of where your products are to be able to offer that service? Whereas maybe if you're a, a more of a retailer side of things, not having that visibility, um, it made it quite difficult during COVID when yeah. warehouses were understaffed. Is that is that where yeah. the sweet spot worked for you? Um, I think I think it's obviously difficult to comment how how they made their decisions, but I I mean I know from kind of seeing the P and L, I mean I think there's three driving factors. There's probably capacity in the warehouse because obviously due to all the restrictions, there's a lot of limitations on how many staff you can have in a warehouse. So there's a, probably a rebasing of that because that drives capacity. There's price the the P and L because it is expensive to offer you know free next day delivery, particularly if you do kind of names name time slots. Yeah, I mean I, I think those are the two key drivers probably, but I don't see the consumer expectations are changed. I think people are still as impatient as they ever were. So it's our job to try and make it as convenient and as compelling as possible. Yeah, you're completely right. I think at the beginning, a lot of people were maybe like, oh, well, well, everyone's struggling right now. And and when people were hoarding things down at supermarkets and such and couldn't get a delivery slot, I think people were a bit more understanding. Oh, wow. Something that normally would take three days to be delivered is now going to take a week. But now that that's all over, I I think people are finding it quite frustrating when some of the retailers haven't been able to um, go back to their pre-COVID delivery slot times. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Now let's get on to the uh, video side of things that you've been talking about. So um, Go In Store is a really interesting um, company, came across them well before COVID and one of those companies that I'm sure that done really well and able to help an industry out that really needed it at the time. Who would have thought a situation like this came about, but when you wouldn't necessarily be able to get into a store. So these guys, they are um, offering video chat functionality, right? So customers that are sitting yeah. at home can be shown around a store and basically have a bit of a personal shopper and I tried it out with another one of their customers a couple of weeks ago it seems really really clever obvious as well may I may I say that and yeah just tell me how has it worked for you and how have you been using that tech I think I mean the first point I should point out is that the guys approached me last year and probably like a lot of <laughs> people working online I was distracted by all the other things and I said that's not for me now then suddenly um Suddenly, March the twenty fourth, whatever the date was, kicked in, and um, and then you suddenly realise actually this is critical to our custom bit, journey. So they had quite a lot of people picking up the phone to them on March twenty fourth. I tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> good, good for them. They got a good product. So yeah, no, so exactly. I think um, you know I think all great products are simple, and it's really really simple. And that the logic is a simple one that you if you want to spend. Um, a lot of money on a product, um, certainly one with a complex uh, product set, and a lot of technical jargon like a washing machine or a fridge freezer or maybe slightly lesser a TV. That is what historically the role of the retail store has been. You want to go and talk to an expert and have that discussion, and you, st- I mean, you still will do now. 
But I think what I really like about it is you can have a one-to-one and, you know, and ask all these questions. And certainly the, the you know, the feedback we've had from our consumers or our customers have been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's an integral part of the customer journey. I mean, just show you how things have changed. We we started with our furloughed retail teams back when in their bedrooms, <laughs> supporting oh, wow. it. Um, and, you know, literally we would put branding behind my head at home. And, and obviously I'm a technical expert anyway. I'm not, but the people on the, on the video chat are. And so it's really kind of, you know, and I think the authenticity consumers liked um, and that personal touch. And then as it's evolved and and, uh, and the stores have opened up, we're now looking at, you know, because then, you know, I wouldn't be sitting at home with a, with a, with a washing machine behind me, but we have training centers and various op- opportunities that we can provide a more immersive experience now. Uh, and our brand store is King's Cross. So there's lots, you see what I mean? So there's lots of opportunity now to provide a more immersive experience than we probably were when, when somebody's at home. It's it's quite interesting actually because to, to the name of the product go in store it, you, and I've seen it used it while a colleague was in a store almost showing me around and and showing me products and such but I didn't really think about furloughed staff using it at home because if you're looking at a telly and you can't actually see it in real life and touch it and feel it and see the size of it you'll be looking at it on the website probably yeah. on your laptop maybe and then you'll be using your phone to chat to somebody so is it more i i kind of thought it was to be shown around the store and to connect that online yeah, yeah. and offline but is it actually more just to have that kind of personal chat to somebody yeah exactly that so um well, let's uh, i mean we can talk about the journey we're on but yeah absolutely when when we started and i'm at home i've got no well, sorry to be fair mobile products you can show those can't you because you've got a mm-hmm. mobile phone but the bigger consumer electronics products it was a basically a one-to-one dialogue so you would say you know i've got a 55 inch tv can you help me you know kind of and, and have a dialogue about should you get a uhd tv or a qled tv or which one of our mobile products um so we, we have those questions obviously we then have broader questions as well so people might be asking about you know they've got a new products and just to understand how they sync their phone with their tv or what it might be so historically when we started we tried to focus on the research phase of the journey and yeah that was it and we haven't we followed all the data through and we haven't really seen we didn't see a particular improvement when we started introducing the products i think the guys were doing a great job back when just having a building relationship with the consumers so um, yeah they're still here and even if you're not ready to buy right now then you know you've had a nice chat and you've remembered that you chatted to hey nick at samsung if you're maybe trying it out at some point you know you but how when you described it like this how does that because i'm getting really excited about thinking oh this is another way that this product could be used but when you think about it and take it back a step how does that necessarily change from the old call centers that you might ring up to speak to because you didn't want to deal with online (laughs) well i mean it's face to face for a start so you can yeah. see somebody, which I think makes a big difference. Generally, I think generally you don't have technical, detailed technical conversations with a call center in the research phase. You might post-purchase if you've got a, I don't know, a technical problem with a with wireless or something. I mean, I call up and had problems with the Wi-Fi since I started. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I think that's their role. So yeah, I'd say it's slightly different. I mean, we do offer live chat. We've got a call center and it's all about trying to provide a choice for consumers. Um, so not trying to force them down this route. But yeah, and I, you know, I think the point is Samsung.com is there as, a, as I said to you at the beginning, a part of the research journey. So um, I'm, I'm fine with if somebody you know, has a great conversation with me and then go and buy from one of our retail partners. That, that's great. Obviously, it's difficult to track that. But you know, that that's what we're there for is to try and explain the quality of our products. Tell me a little bit about how the um, the customers received this and what what what's the feedback that you're getting? They receive it. It's a widget on the website and um, there's a little icon. Um, so that, that's how they receive it. And we, we are just about to start marketing it to try and drive more awareness. Um, and the and the, uh, the response has been great. So I think our average rating is between 4.7 4. and 4.8 out of 5, mm-hmm. which is obviously a key uh, key KPI we look at. So yeah, it's been, it's been well received. What we are thinking about is how you can use it as part of the 
other parts of the custom journey. So obviously research is is key, but if you think about your your life online and how somebody could add value to your your, your brand experience, I think there's lots of other things that we can do. Give me an example. In the post-purchase phase. So, you know, um, it could be setting up a new product, it could be technical questions, it could be um, syncing your phone with your with your your Samsung phone with your QLED TV. There's mm-hmm. loads of different use cases where I just find personally I find live chat very frustrating, and I and I think at the moment it's really difficult to get through to a lot of call centres because mm-hmm. of the the challenges around social distancing and, and staff in 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 call centres. So, I think providing this route, um, and certainly we've seen a big uptake in people losing live chat and video chat and a reduction in, in call volumes. So talk to me about how you mentioned that you haven't gone really big on the marketing for this. I'm guessing you're kind of trialing trialing in a bit of a soft approach. Um, when you do go a bit further and encourage your customers to use this, how can you expect to scale this up? Because the whole point of a live chat function is, you know, the idea originally would be to make it a chatbot. So it would um, be, you know, you wouldn't need so many people behind the scenes. This is obviously very individual. It's kind of personal shopper. It requires quite a bit of time from that colleague who may be at home during the lockdown or they may be in the store and therefore can't deal with the customer on the shop floor. So talk to me about what your plans are in order to scale it. Well, I think, I mean, the reason why we haven't done the marketing so far is because I said to you, we've transitioned from people, you know, who weren't able to work in the shops to now supporting this. So now working in in our brand store on King's Cross or whatever it is. So we've had to change the whole operational model. As you said, it's costly. So we've had to figure out, um, does it work? Um, And do customers like it? Which we've now got the data to, to justify that. So it warrants the investment to scale it. So that that's the reason why it's taken a bit of time. And I, th- I think, you know, a lot of e-commerce is very, very faceless. And, you know, um, the Amazon as well pre- do a brilliant job. Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't criticize them at all. But so um, what I think is interesting as a manufacturer, where do we add value? Because we can't, um, you know, we're not going to beat them at what they do or, you know, whatever it is. And we're not here to cut price against our retailers. So we've got to look at how we enhance the experience. And what the notion I, I like is, you know, we make the products, we should be the experts. And that it's just a simple thought. But I think if you look at how you might inject Samsung people, as we call them, throughout the customer journey and being able to see there's somebody there to talk to, you know, I think it's a good uh, USP for our for our website and our, I guess, our D2C business because, um, mm-hmm. you know, we make the products and we should know most about it. That would be the idea. So that's how we want to try. And, and you could probably get different ways how you market that, you know, whether you do it as part of an onboarding experience or we, we're doing research, whether we do. And there's big, I'm sure you've seen there's big trends out of China looking at social commerce. Yes, so I think yeah. that's quite interesting as well. So there's, I mean, I could give you five or 10 use cases, which I think are really interesting um, about how you can get away from just the kind of the core good UX, you know, next day delivery. How can you elevate it? from there and i guess it's that you say that 10 use cases that's good because you know 10 different customers all want to be served in 10 different ways and and i guess that's one of the the ways of standing out compared to your competitors is offering all those different ways yeah exactly yeah exactly right um and we'll we'll think i mean the the things are changing so fast we'll we'll see what but i'm really keen to innovate and and um, we'll see what works but um that's you know you've got to stay ahead and try stuff so we'll see In your King's Cross Cross store, um, how do you have people with headsets kind of roaming around around the store and showing showing people how it works? How does that work next to the colleagues that maybe aren't using this product? And and talk talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, they're they're sitting at a desk with exactly as you said, headsets um, and they've got product there to do the live demos. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's one of the things, because I have seen these types of technologies used and and somebody's, you know, on on a headset walking around the store and then somebody else might 
stop them to ask them or even <laughs> a, good, a good example is my local Morrisons you know it's constantly got these trolleys of Amazon Prime people or people at dark stores in the supermarkets and um, getting kind of in my way as my customer and I want to find something yeah. why should this person be, be digitally served so the fact that was that quite a conscious decision then was to kind of keep them still <laughs> yeah I'm funny I used to work at Waitrose in their online grocery business and exactly what happened what you said so actually that you know to drive the efficiency it's the pick times and all that mm-hmm. speed and what will happen is the customers, you know, the pickers would get interrupted by consumers saying, where's the oranges? And, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally aware of that, what you're talking about. I've lived and breathed there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, exactly to your point. You can't you can't offer a premium experience and then somebody says, sorry, I've just got to go and um, deal with another customer. You can't do that. So, that, yeah, these are ring-fenced. And we've got enough volume to warrant that. Um, obviously, what we don't want is people just sitting there and answering two calls a day. That's not what this is about. We, we've we now got good ideas to the kind of volumes are going through so we can resource accordingly. So, yeah. But we're not, I mean, we're looking, there's a number of different routes. I mean, depending on how it scales, our King's Cross still won't be, probably won't have enough space to <laughs> to do everything. And we've got to figure out what's the difference between live chat and video chat. I mean, thanks again. A key thing to react we've got a lot of agents in our call center doing live chat so it's trying to balance you know what's the right place to put your your staff members against what consumers your consumers want so your king's the king's cross store that you've mentioned and maybe tell our audience a little bit about that because that's still quite a new store isn't it yeah i think it opened uh, end of last year and, and it's our premium brand experience store in, in king's cross in cold drops yard and so it's well worth a visit um it tries to show the best of Samsung and its products and um, you know, some innovation and, and some of our history. So, yeah, it's um, a really good place in there. And we work closely with them to try and provide an omnichannel experience. Um, and, of course. Uh, and yeah, as, as head of on, online, on the online side of the business, having to merge those two channels, how um, jargony that does sound. And I'm about to ask you about the, the buzzword. <laughs> I'm ticking myself off. It's towards the end of the day there. But, yeah, the, the um, managing those two channels and bringing them together, especially when it's not just a regular store, it's, it's one of your innovation flagships in London. Um, has that been quite challenging? Uh, no, not really. We fulfil some product for them. We offer click and collect. Um, we we obviously want to make consistency, so we we keep our promotions and stuff harmonised. So no, no, it's 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 good. And we're, uh, you know, I think that as we've been talking about, they they're also looking at how they they can increase their digital focus. So we're we're working very closely with that team to you know how we can, um, yeah, be more more, more digital centric, I guess. With things like what we've just been talking about for the last 20 minutes or so, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be really helpful. So great. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> so I um, already kind of um, hinted at what well, the next question was coming with my um, despicable use of uh, buzzwords. But um, yeah, what is the, um, in our buzzword section of the Retail Ramble podcast, um, what's the one uh, buzzword we'd like to ask this question as we bring the conversation to a close, um, which is circulating either retail or technology or your industry that it's kind of driving you bonkers and you really wish you could just ban and never hear ever again. Well, I actually had one, Carolyn, that you mentioned earlier on, so I might get in trouble. So I, I did say the new normal, but let's oh, not just yeah, yeah. you mentioned that. So I've uh, the other one I had was uncertain times. I just think it's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's buzzword bingo, isn't it? And uh, yeah, it drives me mad. I think every email you get from a, from a salesperson says, isn't it in these uncertain times or the new normal? blah 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 and it's just like okay it's now it's not the new normal it's now this is what we're at so we've got to react to it so um and certainly uh, you mentioned you've got kids my my uh, my buzz word at home is the dread of virtual learning coming in because <laughs> oh, no. my, my wife and i both work at home uh, full-time i've got four kids so uh, the thought of going back to virtual learning 
Uh, it's, uh, it tells me the dread. Much as I love my kids, it's uh, certainly a lot easier when they're at school. There's <laughs> <laughs> been a, a few uh, champagnes popped across the country yeah. when all the kids went yeah. back a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, we'll definitely add um, new normal, um, which I must admit, this is a podcast, not a video, but I was using with air quotes when I was saying it earlier in that kind of <laughs> a, um, a raised eyebrow type of um, situation. But you're right. It, it, yeah, it is the new normal. It was the new normal for a couple of weeks or so. Now it is just the normal. So we just better get all, all get on with it. Yeah, agree. Well, Nick, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much for um, uh, talking to our audience about some of the technologies that you've been using to to really adapt in the last couple of um, couple of months. Really hope the business keeps um, keeps going well and um, this technology and all the other bits and pieces that you're investing in really pay off to our audience out there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Retail Ramble podcast. We'll be back with you with another episode in two weeks' time. Growing an e-commerce business is your focus. You need a platform that's focused on growth. Meet Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're starting out or running a well-known brand, you'll get everything you need to send memorable emails and much more. Clavio is trusted by more than 50,000 e-commerce businesses like Living Proof, T-Pigs, Skinny Dip London and Heist. Try Clavio for free at clavio.com forward slash ramble. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash ramble.